Ty Smith is about to make his triumphant return, but is it going to be really that triumphant? And also, what is Lindy Ruff telling his players and what is he telling to the press? Is he agreeing with everything that I'm saying? I think he is. We have a lot to discuss in this episode. Buckle up. I have the utmost confidence in the New Jersey Devils. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer Trey Matthews, and it's currently 12.27 a.m. Eastern Time, October 23rd, 2021 at the time of this recording. And guys, I got some good news for you. So as you guys know, uh, in my previous episodes, usually I'll say college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Riders, but as some of you might have already been aware, I stopped working at the Hockey Riders just last week. While I don't agree with uh, what went down and what you know prompted them to make um, you know their overall decision, I will respect it. And like I said, I'm grateful for the organization for basically being a stepping stone in my career. But you know, like I said, some things do come to an end. But I do have something in the works. Nothing is confirmed nor denied, and I'm just going over the paperwork. So starting next week, uh, don't quote me on this. Like I said, still trying to work some stuff out. You might be hearing me say, once again, Devil's Rider for so-and-so won't reveal the company because, like I said, just trying to work some things out. So uh, keep an ear off for that. I will post about it on my Twitter page when that all becomes official. Now, uh, let's talk about the New Jersey Devils in this pregame against the Buffalo Sabres. Now, the Buffalo Sabres lost their last game to uh, the Boston Bruins by a score of 4-1. to And uh, I'm glad that the Bruins were able to beat the uh, Sabres because that kind of brought the Sabres back down to earth, in my opinion. So do the New Jersey Devils, do we stand a chance of beating the Buffalo Sabres? I thought I would never have to ask that question, but, you know, we all know what happened last season. The Buffalo Sabres only won a handful of games, yet somehow, someway, they almost got half of their wins against the Devils organization. I don't know how that happens. That frustrated me. That frustrated a lot of other Devils fans. And that's the main question that I kind of want to talk about. However, we need to, you know, give this game some buildup. We need to talk about who's coming back, who's still on the uh, injured list for the Devils, who's been waived, and how are things going to be shaken up. Because apparently, according to Corey Masasek from The Athletic, a lot went down in the last game against the Washington Capitals. So, uh, like I told you guys, you know, I tried to give the Devils the benefit of the doubt because Jack Hughes was out, but they just looked very lackadaisical out there. Like, there was no sense of urgency, and when there was a sense of urgency, it was just too little too late. So, after Kokanen got his power play goal, it seemed like the Devils had some sort of life in them. You know, Jimmy VC tried to uh, backhand a shot and get it past Vanacek. Unfortunately, he just didn't get a good enough grasp on the puck, and, uh, you know, like I said, had he just gotten that, like, backhander, like, 100% of it, it's going past Vancheck because Vancheck was out of position based on my um, perspective. But anyway, you get the point. The New Jersey Devils, like, we can't pick or choose when we start to fight back. And Lindy Ruff kind of agrees with me because if you guys recall in his exit uh, meeting interview episode and also uh, what we were talking about, um, you know, prior to uh, the scrimmages beginning... Lindy Ruff said essentially that he was not taking any prisoners like you know the Devils will be back uh, you know healthy out and running well you know we're not healthy now but still we, we I think we have a decent enough players to do something uh, productive and 
right now we're just looking for that same production that we got out of the same players from last season but so far we're, we're just not finding it quite yet so as you guys know one of my favorite players is Igor Sharangovich and you know because I love his story I love how he um basically made an impact for the New Jersey Devils right away he still does not have a goal in three games and I, I know that's not a big deal to some but for me it's just like he made his impact for the Devils second game of the year getting that game-winning goal uh in OT against the Boston Bruins so my thing for Sharon Govich is I want to see more production out of him because he should be taking step forward you know what I mean he shouldn't be in neutral and you know be on the same pace as he was last season if he's on the same pace as he was, you know, ju just this previous season, he's not progressing. If anything, I think he's downgrading. Like, you could say it's consistency, but I just say there's no improvement, so that's not the direction we want to go in because he has appeared in three games and he has two assists. So my thing for Sharon Govich is I would like to see more production out of him. Now, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He did get an assist the last game, but I just feel as though Sharon Govich has kind of fallen under the radar. Like, I'm expecting a little bit more. I'm expecting what... Uh, Dawson Mercer uh, is, is doing right now for us, which is just, you know, uh, coming out uh, aggressive, just uh, making all sorts of plays and, you know, just trying to fight for his spot because, as we all know, Dawson Mercer is a rookie this year. So, you know, he's trying to earn his stripes. And Lindy Rupp actually agrees with me uh, in that regards because, according to Corey Masasek of The Athletic, Lindy Ruff sat down with Sharon Govich and showed him clips of when he was playing well last year versus some of his plays this year. He also said that they need more out of the Brat, Heizer, and Zaka line with Hughes out. So I'll talk about that in a second. But I just love the fact that Ruff acknowledges what I'm seeing too, which is Sharon Govich, there's just something off. Like at the beginning of the year, when, when the scrimmages were happening, when he was having that great connection with Hughes and Holtz, I was just like, Sharon Govich is going to take like three steps forward because... I just felt like Sharon Govich would be much smarter. He would know where to go. I felt like, you know, last year, like a, like many other prospects and rookies, he was just, you know, raw talent, a fifth-round pick, surprised everyone at training camp, made the roster, made his impact right away, and then, boom, he becomes one of our top six guys, and all of a sudden, he's uh, now a part of our rebuild uh, franchise, and he's you know, like a main vocal point along with Jack Hughes and Nico Heizer, and, you know, maybe not up to their standards, but still, he's important in this rebuild. And, you know, the the, the fact that I, I'm, I'm just not noticing the same type of aggression or him not getting involved in the plays that he usually get, got involved last season kind of concerns me. But like I said, it's three games into the season. I'm not trying to, like, overzealous anything. I'm not trying to overstep anything. I'm not trying to overstate anything, and I'm not trying to scare anyone. But, you know, based on the first few games, I I just expect at least a goal from Sharon Govich right now. Like, literally, we called him Igor Sharon Govich, especially when we saw clips of him playing with Belarus over the summer. So I'm expecting big things from Sharon Govich, and I just need him to get his first uh, goal of the season, like, soon, because that he's one of our best players. He's one of our top six guys. So I need that now, and albeit Jack Hughes is out, so, you know, th those opportunities might not be created to him, at, you know, at a high rate uh you know if jack hughes was there but still you you gotta make some sort of impact so i'm glad that lindy ruff actually acknowledged that and is sitting him down and just saying okay like here's what you need to work on here's where where you need to go 
And, you know, like I said, this is one of the keys that uh, to success this season, which was more film room opportunities for the young guys just seeing what they're doing wrong and, you know, breaking down where they can improve. Because with COVID last season, we weren't granted that. So, you know, the fact that we're able to do that now is a huge blessing for this young team that's trying to just do big things this year. So, you know, with Jack Hughes being out, it does suck. But Lindy Ruff even said that it's not an excuse to be playing like how we played against the Washington Capitals. Like, um, you know, I, I just said that um, I, I expect more from the Devils, even with Jack Hughes out. And sometimes their aggression just put them out of position. And it, it, overall, that's how the Capitals were able to strike against us. And Corey Masasek added to his last tweet by saying, uh, Ruff said they sat down with a couple of second-year players but spoke with uh, Igor specifically. So they're focusing on Sharon Govich just because, like I said, I'm just expecting more from Sharon Govich, but he's kind of falling under the radar a little bit, in my opinion. You might be uh, subjective about it. You might have a different opinion on it, but that's my personal opinion. And that's what I'm noticing from um, New Jersey right now. And the thing is, is like, I just want Sharon Govich to just, you know, I, I, I just want him to take that step forward. And you know what? I know I've been talking about uh, Sharon Goers. I know I've been talking about the overall impact that the New Jersey Devils um, should be having with Jack Hughes' absence. But you know what? I need to give you guys some good news. And it's about a player who's finally returning to action. But his return to action actually led to a questionable move by the New Jersey Devils. Who am I talking about? Who got waived? But who is coming back? And let's, uh, you know, exonerate uh, the person who got waves. Well, I'll tell you guys that in a second. But first, I have to give you guys the first live read this morning. And it comes from Bilt Bar. So did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bilt Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They have coconut, cherry, barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know my favorite flavor is? Well, recently I went to North Carolina on vacation, I guess. So I love coconut because coconut resists resembles vacation so not only are built bars the best tasting protein bars ever but they're super healthy as well check out these stats 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs amazing flavors all tasty all healthy so order today and get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like Built Bar is also the official sponsor of Corey LaJoy, driver of the number seven car in the NASCAR Cup Series for Spire Motorsports. So that's pretty cool if you ask me. So the offer is go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And now the second live read this morning comes from BetOnline.ag. Please remember to gamble responsibly. So we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football baseball postseason nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts please visit our friends at locked on bets for all all your betting needs there as well. Now, let's talk about a player who's coming off the injured reserve list, and that is Ty Smith, one of our top defensemen. Now, the thing about Ty Smith is that, you know, um, he's been out like 
pretty much from the get-go. So, like, he has not participated in any scrimmages. He uh, is very limited in practice, and now he's finally going to be back to full action. Uh, just recently, he was allowed to do, like, full contact practices, according to Amanda Stein. So, uh, the thing about Ty Smith is, yes, he's back, but do not expect an impact right away. Like, let's just keep our expectations moderate and realistic. So, like I said, I'll repeat. He didn't participate in any of the scrimmages for preseason. Uh, his practice time was very limited. Like, uh, just recently, he got back to full-on contact practice. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a, a, a minute before he gets back to what we know he's capable of doing. But still, that's a big ad for the New Jersey Devils. And this is what we need with, with Jack Hughes out. So we got Graves and we got Hamilton. Yes, we can rely on those two players. Siegenthaler and Subban. We, we know Siegenthaler will assert himself. P.K. Subban just seems to be out there nowadays. I, I, I'm expecting some sort of impact from P.K. Subban sooner rather than later. But... For right now, and I'm seeing this a lot on Twitter, I'm just not really seeing much from P.K. Subban. And I'm just I'm just hoping that he just, you know, gets back to at least at least half of what he was able to do. Like, I want P.K. Subban to return to this team next year, don't get me wrong. Of course, at a very moderate price, like not what we're paying him currently. But, you know, I just want Subban to, like, do something. But it, it just seems like he's just out there. And, you know, we're three games in, and he still has... Nothing in terms of goals, assists, and points. His plus minus is negative three. And I, I'm just expecting something from P.K. Subban, but I'm just not getting it yet. Like, And he spent no time in the penalty box, so you know he's not really asserting himself in terms of just you know standing up for a teammate or whatever the case might be. I, I, I just want something from Subban, but I'm just not getting it. But anyway, getting back to what I was talking about, Ty Smith will definitely be a huge ad for this Devils team because last year he was all-rookie team, and we, we know what he's potential of, of doing for our respective uh, roster because last year he appeared in 48 games. He had two goals, 21 assists for a grand total of 23 points. His plus minus was negative nine, but with Graves and Hamilton added to the mix, I expect uh, Ty Smith to definitely, you know, improve that plus minus total. And just because the thing about Ty Smith was that he was arguably our best defenseman last season. So not only was he a rookie, but he was also acting like the veteran player and leading our poor defensive unit. And not only does he have to worry about himself, but he has to worry about putting the other guys on his back. But like I said many times, with the addition of Dougie Hamilton and the acquisition of Ryan Graves, I don't think he has to rely on that too much anymore now with the return of ty smith that meant we had to uh release someone and that person was colton white so colton white was placed on waivers um the the moment it was announced that ty smith would be returning don't worry the plan is i think most likely to send colton white to the ahl program but first he has to uh pass waivers i don't think anyone's going to pick him up but that's the one thing i have a question about because colton white actually had some sort of impact for the devils uh the past few games now it's not much, but still, I just feel like he's kind of improving. So he's appeared in two games, and he has one assist, and his plus minus is plus one. Now, the thing about Colton White is that I just feel like he's never given a chance. Like, he was able to get his first career point um, the, the other game against uh, the Kraken, but, you know, like like I said, I just feel like he's never been given a chance. And 
Uh, his career high in games played is six, and that was back in 2019-2020. And I'm glad that I'm not the only one who's uh, reacting to this because I'm seeing this across Twitter because people kind of like what Colton White is doing right now. But they're, they're just saying, like, why Colton White and not not someone like, you know, Gearston or, or something like that, or maybe even Yaros. But I think the thing about Gearston, and, you know, I talked about this in my post-game reaction episode uh, when the Devils beat the Kraken. I said Gearston going after Jeremy Lawson because, remember, Lawson was kind of the reason why uh, Jack Hughes had to leave the game due to a dislocated shoulder. I said Gearston doing so, asserting himself and standing up for his teammate, you know, that plays huge dividends in terms of just trying to solidify yourself on the roster now I'm not saying that Gearston has guaranteed himself a roster spot I'm just saying like you know that kind of helps the case especially when the Devils have to make these kind of decisions just like okay um who do we release who do we want to send down and like I said I don't expect anyone to pick up Colton White I I really don't like I said his career high in games played is six and I don't think he's proven anything to you know really get on any team's radar but I just think, um, you know, Gearston doing so, what he did against the Kraken and Lawson, I think that kind of just helped keep his position. And then, you know, when we're looking at someone like Yaros, you know, Yaros uh, played with the Senators back in 2018, 2019. He has the experience a little bit. So he played in 61 games. Obviously, he didn't really do much of anything. His plus minus was awful, negative 14. And you know, he had one goal and nine assists in, in 61 games played. But I think when you're looking at, like, Yaros and when you're looking at Gearston, it's just like when you're looking at someone like Colton White, it's just like, who do you put uh, more trust in? Who do you put your eggs in a basket for? And I think, like, you know, like I said, I, I love what White is doing right now. I love that, you know, uh, he's been skating well. And I, I think a lot of people agree with me that they much rather have Colton White on the roster over Yaros and Gearston, but I think when we're just looking at the end-all, be-all, I think it's just like what Gearston was able to do against the Kraken kind of just helped his case, and then when then the fact that Yaros, out of you know all three of those players, have played in more uh, games, I think it's just like okay, you know what? Maybe it's a no-brainer. Maybe we do have to just keep uh, Gearston and Yaros, but like I said, it's they're bottom-tier defensemen. They're not really going to do anything, so. It's just like, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to keep Gearston. We're going to keep Yaros. And, you know, I guess it was just pick your poison kind of thing. But I don't see why people are freaking out about it. It's not their bottom tier defenseman at the end of the day. doesn't really do much. But it, it, I think it was just pretty much a coin flip because it was like Mason Gearston or Colton White. And I think just Gearston, just what he was able to do against the Kraken and assert himself and the fight back and the determination. That's what Lindy Ruff likes. And that's what Tom Fitzgerald likes. And that's what they're looking for this season because like I said at the beginning of the show the the uh, devils are taking no prisoners as in like if you're not performing up to par then you're, you're going to be scratched and uh, we saw Lindy Ruff make adjustments t- towards his lines during the course of the Capitals game because he, he noticed that like three players were just standing around letting the puck go into the corner and they didn't do anything about it and I think he had an interesting quote about it and once I find it, I will uh, tell you guys. And luckily, Corey Masasak tweeted it out. And he said that uh, Ruff said that three guys chased the puck into a corner on the first Washington goal. Said it was like a peewee game where you throw the puck and the kids chase it. And said, we have guys out, but we can't have missing pieces. Like I said, I am glad I'm not the only one who's noticing these issues for the Devils. I'm glad I'm not crazy. And, you know, I said earlier in the show, we need, uh, like, a certain line to step up in the absence of Jack Hughes. So, I will talk about that in the third and final segment.
So the question is, do we have a legitimate chance of beating the uh, Buffalo Sabres? And like I said, I, I can't believe I'm saying that sentence because this is the same team that lost like, what, 18, 19, 20 games in a row just last season. And, but, you know, at the same time, every time we play them, we just made them look better. So I, I don't know. It, and, and I don't know who's going to be the starting goalie uh, yet. And that's definitely going to play a factor. But I, the fact that they lost to the Bruins 4-1, to and by the way, Taylor Hall kind of played a, a factor in it. He had a goal and an assist that game, so congratulations to Taylor Hall. But, you know, I'm glad that the Bruins were able to bring him back down to earth. But when I'm looking at the past games for uh, the Buffalo Sabres, it's just like, okay, maybe they just got lucky in this sort of circumstance because it's just like, you know, they, they played uh, the Montreal Canadiens to uh, open up their season and they won 5-1. to one. But we all know that the Canadians, they're they're kind of off to a slow start this season. Like, the Canadians lost to the Hurricanes 4-1. to one. Um, They lost to the Sharks 5-0. Then they lost to the Rangers 3-1. Uh, in fact, I don't think the Canadians have won a game yet this season. So, you know, it was that really the Sabres just, you know, being better than the Montreal Canadiens? Or, you know, was that just the Montreal Canadiens just being worse than everybody else? Like, you know, I, I know that probably doesn't make much sense, but you get what I'm saying, which is like, I don't think it's just showing that the Sabres are a good team. They're just playing a very, very, very weak team that's weaker than them, and they are able to make themselves look better. And then when we're looking at the uh, Coyotes and Sabres game on October 16th, that went into a shootout, which can basically go either or. So, you know, the Coyotes got a point out of it, but, you know, still. And uh, the Coyotes, I believe, um, you know, to begin this season – they, they've also had their fair share of ugly losses. They lost to the Oilers 5-1. to one. They lost to the Blues 7-4. to four. Uh, You know, they lost to the Sabres in a shootout. And they lost to the Blue Jackets on opening night 8-2. to two. So once again, is that really the Sabres just, you know, uh, being that much better? Or is that just them playing much weaker teams? Like, like I'll repeat, the Coyotes lost their opening game 8-2. to two. They lost to the Blues 7-4. to four. They lost to the Oilers 5-1 to one in their most recent matchup. And going into a shootout with the Sabres, what does that say about the Sabres? The fact that they couldn't blow out the Coyotes like the other teams? Like, 7-4, to four, I rarely see that in a hockey game. In fact, those are some of the worst games to call if you're an announcer, by the way, because that's not hockey. That's just, that's just basically uh, a practice shootout, and it's just like, you know, first team to score this many goals wins. I hate announcing games like that. Next to a loss, those are some of the worst games to announce, and that's my personal opinion. Them... When we look at the Vancouver Canucks, they are 1-2-1, and one, and they beat the Blackhawks 4-1 to one in their most recent game. Uh, they lost to the Sabres 5-2. to two. They lost to the Red Wings 3-1. to one. And then on their opening night game, they beat uh, the Philadelphia Flyers by a score of 5-4. to four. So, you know, that's, I guess, their only semi-decent team that they were able to beat. But still, it, it's just like, I, I don't think the Canucks, uh, you know, are anything special. But they're, they're decent. I don't know. But, um, you know... When we're looking at it from that perspective, and the fact that the Sabers lost to the Bruins badly, four to one, what does that say about the the Sabers? Like, come on, they they just had easy competition, so let's give them some hard competition. But the thing I need from the Devils, I need Heizer, Brat, and Zaka to step up. I need Heizer to step up and play the role of what Jack Hughes is, which is asserting yourself early, skate fast, get those takeaways. And, you know, assert yourself in the offensive zone because that's what Jack Hughes is capable of doing. And that's what I need from Nico Heizer. And the best part of Nico Heizer, he's a great uh, defensive player. He can play two-way. If things go right, Nico Heizer could realistically win this, uh, the Selkie Award within the next few years if he really wants to, in my opinion. Now, 
um, can, can the Devils beat the Sabres? Absolutely. I believe 100% in my heart the Devils should win this game against the Buffalo Sabres. But they need some players to step up. Usually I like to pick a player who uh, I, I say keep an eye out for. But here are the players that I'm, I need you guys to keep an eye out for. So you would think I'm going to say Ty Smith, but I'm not going to because I'm going to go a little easy on Ty Smith just because I think Ty Smith just needs some time to, um, you know, really get back into uh, the swing of things, get his skates underneath him. Like I said, he uh, missed all of the scrimmages. He has barely practiced. He's only gotten back to full contact practice just a few days ago. And, you know, quite honestly, I'm just trying to ease my way to trusting uh, Ty Smith once again. So I'm keeping my expectations with him moderate. So I'm not going to say keep an eye out for Ty Smith. Now, that's a big uh, return for the Devils. But, you know, like I said, keep that kind of moderate. Now, um, I, I just think the players that need to step up for the Devils are Heizer, Brat, and Zaka. Like, score first. Like, you need to score first within the first, I'd say, uh, anywhere from 5 to 10 minute range. And you need to have Heizer be the one to, um, you know, basically uh, get the goal, in my opinion. Because Heizer needs to assert himself. You're the captain. Lead this squad. No more putting your, your tail between your legs. And if you don't step up, guess what? Lindy Ruff has said that he will bench players. He will move players down in game if they're not stepping up. And he did that against the Washington Capitals. And some people don't like that. They're just like, let the kids play. Let them make mistakes. No, 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 no. Like I said at the beginning of the year, if we want to be that dark horse playoff team, if we want to get that wild card, stuff like that cannot happen. We cannot just, you know, go out there lackadaisical, have no effort. Because at the end of the day, guys, those games will add up. You think they don't matter now? They will add up later. So my prediction for the New Jersey Devils is that Lindy Ruff got into their face, basically did that meme you see on um, you, you see on Instagram or Twitter where the coach goes around the locker room and starts slapping his players in the face. I think Lindy Ruff did something like that and just basically put a jolt back into their step. Like I said at the beginning of the show, watching film with some of the second-year players saying, you're capable of doing this. I predict the New Jersey Devils will come out guns blazing against the Sabres and we will beat them let's see four to two I say we'll beat the Sabres four to two it's not going to be the best game it's not going to be the prettiest game but it's going to get the job done I that's my final score prediction four to two Devils Nico Heizer player of the game or one of the three stars in my opinion now hopefully we can get our goalies back but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon so you know like I said don't know the starting lineup at the time it's recording so we'll see what happens but that's my overall prediction so let me know what you guys think on my Locked On Devils Twitter page as for today's episode that's about all the time I have for you guys today thanks for listening continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day New Jersey go Devils and I will catch you guys in the next episode